Dunchido goes up on the inside of Evgeny Bobrashev. Ken Roxon closing in all the time. There's Tommy Sell. So it's a real battle here. Chad Reed leading the American now. Number one, Ryan Dungey, that's him. He's got the Russian 113 of Benny Bobashev. Number eight, Herb Roxon in fourth for ten. Of Tommy Sell. That's your top five riders. Just behind them, Tyler Rattray. Closing in. Herb wanting to join the party on another Kawasaki for South Africa. Or was it Paul Sell? A Pop MX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Second fight falls for Ryan Filipino. Dungey gets by for Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Lee at Re-Raceables. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you to Maxis. Thank you to Blenzall for coming on here as well. And thank you, people, for listening. And tell a friend, subscribe, and uh, all of that. So with the Motocross Donations just finishing up over in um, Italy, we decided to uh, uh, venture up and watch talk about and chat about another motocross nations 2011 saint jean d'angeli i was there it was in france and uh we'll get it right into that so thank you for uh, for listening and thank you to the folks at liat man uh they've been on board with this thing right from the beginning and uh it's super awesome to have them on board uh different people ride for different reasons yet there is a common denominator that binds everyone who puts their body on the line for the sheer enjoyment of it and this is what liat uh, offers as a brand they make protective wear helmets goggles riding gear knee braces boots Neck braces, covering riders from head to toe for both moto and mountain bike. But what Liat really stands for is the promise of things to come. They're in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and equipment to push yourself faster, harder, and further than you thought you could ever go. Visit them at Liat.com. Again, if you want to save at Liat, email us using the code or using the contact form at pulpamex.com. We'll send you a Liat code to punch in the website and save. Certainly, when you talk about saving money, my co-host on this show knows a thing or two about that. He is uh, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yes. Team Sa- USA. Saving money. I cannot believe this. Um, I cannot believe this. We are discussing the last Motocross of Nations victory for Team USA, and it is now yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, when you put it that way. Uh, 10. 10 years ten ago. Years. Yeah, this is – and we grew up in an era where they just – crushed it every single year right i was actually saying this to my son today it was time to break it to him we watched all three motos yesterday live on mxgp tv he's really into it he enjoys it and i said i know you won't understand this son but there was a time when team usa didn't just win they won every year and he could his seven-year-old brain could not understand this look i'll say it again i've said it over time they didn't make the podium at red bud and I don't know when this thing is ever going to end. Like, I, I, know. I know JT and I battled it out, shocking about this. <laughs> I don't know when they will ever win this race again. And I'm being dead serious. Uh, the motocross skills of the Euros have improved. They've taken what the American riders have done with scrubs and aggressive yep. riding and turned it into their already superior motocross skills that they practice uh, for 12 months a year. And that's what you get when we're getting this uh, right now. And, and so I, uh, I don't know when this thing will ever end. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, there's there's that, you know, I held strong to the just show up pathway where the best team doesn't always win. And sometimes even if you're the third or fourth best and, and ball bounces your way, you win. But I've even given up on that because even just show up hasn't paid off at all. I mean, here's the thing. We went from some heartbreaking losses and some close ones, you know, 2015 in France, France outdueled Team USA in France. It was close, but they were the better team by maybe what, five, 10 percent. Yeah, yeah. 2016, Team USA probably should have won. But, dude, since then, like you said, not podiuming, you're no longer, they're not even in the hunt no, anymore. They're not no. even in the hunt. So, and even luck isn't going to bail you out. We're not sending the best team anymore. You know, many years, the best riders have not gone. We've had some, I'm not going to name any names, but we've had some riders represent Team USA that you're like, good luck. Good yeah. luck, everybody. Yes. Um, so, we haven't sent our best guys. And it's been one thing after another, and so yeah, man, it's uh, it's a stretch for sure. So this you this never year though, we get to that point. I, like, I, I, I really all didn't. the time. Okay, that was probably unrealistic. Yep. But I've never thought of that until you just said it. What is the pathway for them to actually win this event again? It is not likely. It is not likely. It is not. It is not likely. Uh, Redbud next year, I guess, would be the again the favorite. But when you tell me that they got sixth at Redbud in uh, two years ago, then uh, I say to you that's a long way to go, and you cannot put them as favorites at all uh, at Redbud next year. You just can't. So. Yeah. No. Um. But this year, 2011, this was the best possible Team USA. Uh, Blake Baggett uh, went. He was third in the 250 Nationals behind Tyler Ratchery and Dean Wilson, who. Uh, could not ride for Team USA. And then we sent some guy named Ryan Dungey and some guy named Ryan Villapoto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you look at the run uh, that they were on at this point. I think they had one from 2005 Team USA through this point, right? They had a, a second win streak going. There was the, the mammoth win streak of 13 in a row through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. There were some on-offs, some, some close losses, or then they'd win, and then they wouldn't even go the next year for whatever reason. And then it was like by 05. And I'll actually give a lot of credit to uh, Ricky Carmichael and Scott Taylor on this one. Carmichael had gone through the ringer with the fans, as we know. And I feel by like 05, they had the how to get the fans on your side playbook. <laughs> so dialed. And if you go, if you race for Team USA, obviously that's going to help. And then they won in 05, and it was glorious and joyous. Then I think it got it back on the map. And then it became the thing to do again, and people were into it, and then they were winning all the time. And uh, by 11, it really looked like, well, they just win every year, no matter what. But I have to say, this one was close. For having Dunge and Villapoto on the same team, it was no walk-off. It was not – It was not. they didn't dominate. This wasn't uh, 80s-level domination. No, no. They, they were trailing going into the last moto at Lakewood. They were trailing going into the last moto this year. You know, so you – Maybe yep, started to see right. some signs of slippage around this time. I don't yeah, know. Maybe you're right. Um, but maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this one, um, you think Carmichael was maybe disappointed at 03 at some of his team members in 03? I wonder. Do you, th- do you think? <laughs> well, maybe that was some they of didn't it? even race in 04, so. Yeah. They yeah. didn't even race in 04, right. so and, I and, think and, that might have something to do with it. And, and maybe <laughs> maybe Roger wanted to know, actually know his members of his team. So, um, uh there's lots well, of Well, one of the uh, there's many many layers to unpeel to this onion here, specifically of this race and then, you know, we can't avoid this losing 10 years in a row thing. Uh, but another big factor that's not really talked about much. At one point Mitch Payton, at probably the height of his team's power by the way, didn't 
didn't he kind of start becoming like Roger and Mitch? It was like a Roger and Mitch thing. Did yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mitch had a lot to do with it. Uh, he was right in there, uh, yes. and then somewhere along the line, he was asked. Uh, he wasn't asked to go, and he threw his hands up and said, "Okay, I'm done." And Raj t- took it yeah. over more, and the riders started not pitting uh, with as a team, uh, which is something that, that mm-hmm. many people aren't happy about. And Raj started maybe leaning towards uh, his own guys. Uh, Kawasaki got frustrated with things that were happening over his stateside and said, we don't want to go. Um, you know, at Redbud, Eli Tomac was there uh, because it was in the USA and it worked out. But there was, from what I was told, there was zero communication with Roger DeCosta at that race from the Team Green guys. So just think about that. you got wow. the Team USA manager, wow. a man who, you know, rightfully deserves a ton of credit for getting USA on the map in this race. And at this point in 2019, 19, when Redbud was, uh, you now have a team with a number one Thank MX... You. Yeah, uh, number yeah. one rider is not yeah. talking to the manager. The manager is not coming over. You know, that's where we're at. We're just <laughs> fractured, right? It's just a fractured situation. So, uh, yes. I if someone told me that, you know, Raj, I mean, I, I think it's one of the, I don't know if you could tell Raj, hey, we're moving in a new direction, or if you just hope Raj says I'm going to step aside. I, I don't know, but uh, I don't know what has to happen. You know, something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tough I mean, I'm not behind the scenes enough to, to know there might be some things that he's able. I, I think there was definitely a time. First of all, Roger DeCoster's knowledge is, is second to none. So we, don't, we know that's understood um, as what he's seen and learned and knows his experience. I also think it was a huge advantage in the 80s where his knowledge of Europe and the scene and the politics and where to go and what mm-hmm. to do and what yeah. to eat and how to do all this. I don't think that in this world today that is as important. And they probably got other people, you know, Christina Denny, for example, you know, the old Rock River team manager, she's involved. Uh, people can figure out hotels and food and time zones. Yeah, yeah. And all that. I, you know, I'm sure in 1982, that was probably very helpful to have a Belgian on the team. Um, so I think that part is gone. Um, but what it is strange to me is Roger was always a team manager, and Roger was always the team manager well, of one race brand. So why is yeah, that different? Yep. I don't get that. Part. I don't get that part either. But also, uh, don't forget, we had Bevo one year and, and Paul Lindsay one year. So he didn't do it consecutively. Uh, there was right. a couple of years there where, where the different people yeah. strapped. Roy Jensen, yep. I think, in Australia, right? In well, i got to give credit, actually. Roy was team manager a few times, and they were victorious, actually. Yep. Roy did a good job. Um, the famous B team. Yeah. Um, that one in uh, Australia was was a Roy program. Yeah, for a few years, Roger was out. And, and listen, I was uh, on the team. Like yeah. uh, you know, I made a, made a joke earlier on oh three, and I got to be honest. And I Roger was not a lot of help, and we were disappointed at Raj that year um, mm. for for a few reasons. Like I was kind of like sitting yeah. there going, "This is Team USA. Like this is this is what it is." Like looking around, going, "This is odd." You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, that de- certainly different experience. But yeah. um, let's let's talk about this race though. Because a couple things changed. Like, there was a time when the Pro Circuit bikes in the 250F early days were far superior to anything else. And then when you had the far superior bike, which meant you probably got the far superior best riders in the series on the team, full support from the team. Mitch is over there. Because what really sticks out when you watch this race is not only is Baggett there, but Dean Wilson and Rattray also race, all on Pro Circuit bikes. Yeah. Rattray even raced on a 450. So they even built him a 450. Um you could say that star racing is kind of our modern equivalent of that success. And this year they didn't go, but they generally support the race. Yeah. There is a, you do have to have the best teams in full support uh, because then you lose the good riders, you know, team Kawasaki, not doing this event lately. That doesn't help. No, 
No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, and Star has supported it when it was Troll Train on Puerto Rico. You know, uh, or no, I guess he yeah, was. It was Rock, maybe it was it. Rock River then. Yep. But I feel like they've supported this race for other guys. Um, but yeah, it. it um, oh, tons, dude. Tons. Yeah. Um, so Ferrandis in Redbud. Ferrandis was on Star for France. Right. Yep. So, yep. Uh, Baggett, this is the year after Baggett's championship, correct? This is the year he... No, it's actually the year before. year before, uh, okay. Dino wins the title in 11, Baggett yeah. won the next year. Okay, Baggett won the next yeah. year. So I remember Baggett uh, really coming on. I think he was hurt a little bit uh, and then really came on late in the year. Uh, this was the powerful no, pro circuit was, team. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Okay. Very hot and cold. No. Well, yeah, I, I, amazing yes. that. I, I do remember some bad races from Baggett, so I assume maybe he was hurt. But okay, all right, hot and cold. Um, but Baggett was... Dude, there were uh, races... There were races where he was unbelievable. Like, I'll give you an example. High point, for example, he puts in one of the greatest, like 20th to first or something in both motos. You're like, what the hell is going on? Was that How the visor missing? And I swear was that, that the visor missing? Creek. What's that? Was that the visor missing that moto? Yes. That, yes. That, that, oh, yeah. Visor that was, missing, yes. Right. Yeah, and then Bud's Creek just goes like 7-7, seven, seven, <laughs> which is now we look back, and it's like, well, that's like Baggett's career, everyone. Yeah, there we go, right? But but he was a, a very, very logical choice to go, and uh, – um, so it, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, um, so, all right. So, uh, I also, I was at this race and, um, Chad Reed wins the first moto and this is the year, of course, the Chatapult, right? And he does the Chatapult, some announcer, yep. some, some announcer, you know, uh, decrees it that, and then he sort of One loses million views. He, he grips his, uh, baby. yeah, he grips his, uh, he loses his grip on the points lead after this race and, um, you know, he'd won moto one, he'd stretched it out over a race on Dunge and Villapoto. And then, you know, his season falls apart after that near-death uh, near crash. Um, and then this is kind of weird to me when I see Chad win this first moto. And, again, I was there. Um, this was Chad's maybe last great motocross moment, you know? Like, uh, when you think about it, he, he never really was that great again in motocross. It's a great point you bring up because I think the general story is after that Chatterpole crash, you know, he just was never the same and never won again. But yeah, he did whatever this would have been a month later, two months later. Yeah, yeah. Won a moto outright. And dude, when you see this field, this is okay. It's been an exceptionally rough go for nations this year. It's not just Team USA didn't go, right, but right. you didn't have Team Australia or Ferrandis or Roxon. You know, you get the Lawrence brothers. When you see this year, 2011, not just the American three guys getting Dungeon Villapoto there, but also that you had Chad Reed, Brett Metcalf, Rattray, Wilson. And then guys we would come to know, Marvin Muscan, Ken Roxon, Jeffrey Hurlings. These dudes are all in these motos. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And Tony Caroli. Caroli's there too. Tony Caroli. Um, and I was gonna <laughs> yes. make I was gonna make a mention of that off the top. So after the after after Saturday's race, uh Italy was second, right? USA goes one one with Villapoto and Dunge. And uh, after the race, um Italy is second uh, going into Sunday after the qualifiers. And dude they just fall apart. Lupino has a massive crash. Caroli breaks his bars uh, at one point, uh, crashes again. Like the thing that Italy just falls apart. But they were looking really good after Saturday's race. I remember, I remember that. And uh, this was one of a few crappy uh, Italy or uh, Motocross the Nations races for uh, for Caroli. He, you know, obviously we're coming off the him just being this great hero, but didn't always go that well for him. Well, it's. The weird thing where Team USA was winning with such regularity that I was starting to believe that they had some way of avoiding the bad luck because the amount of times that things like that would happen. Like, yes, Caroli, so good in MXG 
MVP for so long, maybe the longest run of greatness. Is he have as many wins or titles as ever? He's just short. Yeah, but he's I think, just short. What, yeah. are they, what is it? He's, but um, but it's something like 17 years in a row he's yeah. won a GP or something insane. But the majority of his donations have not been good. He'll win a moto and then disastrous first turn crash. Uh, it is bizarre. And I started to think, I'm like, is there some sort of like Team USA doesn't feel the pressure or they don't push too hard or they don't press? Like it always seemed like a team that was good that could win something terrible would happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Just well, some bad um, luck. Well, that, even by the way, that does happen to France here. Yeah, it does happen to France. And also, you know, you look at um, who didn't make the Parc Ferme one year when they were leading, going in the, uh, Italy. Oh, I think that was Italy. Way I think back. it was Italy. Yeah, like it was like Puzar, the, Puzar 90s, or right? something. Yeah, they had a big lead yes, going to third Italy. moto, and guy couldn't make the Parc Ferme, couldn't race. You know, just things like that. It did <laughs> yep, seem like they it were ha- late to the gate. Yep, it did seem like it would happen to other countries and not USA. You know, but um, and yes, and now uh, we have this USA race had decided. We'll get to that. Yeah, now we have USA uh, giving up the inside gates for some reason. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. But it seemed like the other teams that could be good, they would have yep. their guy would get hurt or their guy would have a bike break. Right. Uh, 2000 was a, considered a big showdown year, Team USA in France, because France was, you know, they had Ron Ron, they had Tortelli, they had Fred Belay, who was the world champ, and Belay breaks his nose in practice on Saturday. And yeah. he was like, yep, yep. bad luck. Now that stuff seems to happen to the American team. Now I think you and I are convinced that it wouldn't matter anyway. But uh, Jason Anderson getting landed on in 2016 is the equivalent of what happened to yeah. Italy, it felt like, every freaking year. J-Mart uh, breaking his ankle or whatever, ligaments in his ankle, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, this is this is a deep field. There's no zone. Um, by the way, on the Lee at Reraceables, we're going to talk to Ryan Villapoto, who spares no opportunity to remind everyone around that Team USA has not uh, won since he last was on the team. That that's that's it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's his his contribution. So, I'm telling you guys, you need to go to if you don't know how to find results on these things, uh, you go to mxgp.com and and look at the results tab, because there are battles in these motos that you never would have thought would happen. Like there is a moto where Ryan Villapoto and Hurlings are battling. Right down to the wire. Hurlings and Villapoto, like, when is that combination ever going to happen? Yeah. And before he could get to Hurlings, Villapoto had to pass Roxon. Just like, wow, this combo. And then a moto where you're looking at, like, oh, there's Caroli, Reed, RV, Dunge. And Roxon. Yeah. Roxon. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. hell? This is the field. Yeah. Roxon had some amazing MXDN moments on 250Fs. You know, eventually they oh, won yeah. Momo. Uh, but when you look at you look at Toshintal, you look at this race, you look at Lakewood, Kenny yep. rose to the occasion on 250Fs, on whatever, at this race, so many times. He was great. Yeah, um, he's incredible. Uh, at yeah, this, he's at this race. Incredible uh, on a 250F. Uh, I remember, yep. uh, yeah, and so re-watching this, obviously, our, our friend Georgia Lindsay, pit reporter. Remember Georgia? Georgia, she's great. Um, <laughs> yes. She, uh, yes. She's doing the pit reporting from this. Paul Malin, of course, is solo in the booth. Shocking. Um and, and, and of course, uh, at this time, George is married to Jimmy Albertson, who was on Team Puerto Rico, and uh, and then happens to bring in t- Puerto Rico right in the beginning of the show. Also, not a coincidence, I don't think. Yeah, no, that was great. That right. was great to have me. And another thing I noticed, there must have been some push at that time by Ustream, the promoters of the GPs. Uh, clearly, they were looking to make a push into China because um, they have a f- feature on Team Australia. And then for some reason, they also throw in a feature on China, and they ask Chad Reed about what he thinks about China and their, like, motocross scene. Mm-hmm. And then later, 
I don't know if you caught this. When the trophies are given out at the end of the race, they're handed out by the FIM director of Asia. Oh, I didn't notice that. No. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, there must have been some mission of like, we are going to infiltrate China. There's tons right. of money to be made on holding races there. We've got to do this. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, a couple things uh, caught And my- then yeah. hilariously, they interview Team China at the top of this yep. show. And you know how like you see the, the translator and it's usually like someone you can tell can speak both languages? But in this case, it's just Malin, I think, just reading what Team China says. <laughs> or maybe Malin is just fluent in China and can actually just be the translator. Yeah, either one, right? Either one. <laughs> the Chinese writer starts talking, and then Malin just fills in what he's saying in English. And I'm like, wow, Malin. <laughs> no, dude, listen. He so does, worldly. He literally does it all. He does it all uh, for them. <laughs> Chinese <It's>, translation. <laughs> Um, you know yeah. what was funny? So uh, um, in this race, so obviously it's in France, and and they the going into the final moto, uh, um, it is uh, France with twenty, USA with twenty three. But of course the Ryans were on deck, so I like the odds of this uh, pulling off. And, and um, so the first, so then Purcell, Purcell, spoiler alert, Purcell uh, has a, a moose come out of the side of his tire, right? So he DNFs the final moto, and that pretty, I mean USA probably would have won anyways. However. I went back and I looked at the results and I trying to think about it. I Purcell got eleventh in the Moto One, right? Now he's on a four fifty for this race. Muscan is the two fifty oh, guy. Bad. So uh yeah. so Purcell got eleventh. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I was there and I remember Purcell being really fast. So I went back to Saturday and Purcell qualified the fastest in the MXGP class. And that's what I must somehow have stuck in my brain is that he was super fast, right? Because he qualified fastest. Uh, now, obviously, Purcell eleventh, and then the DNF. It, it wasn't great for him. But I knew. I'm like, wait, wait. I remember him being fast. But yeah, I guess that was it. He qualified fastest. You know. So. Well, we uh, maybe we weren't wise enough at the time to know. I mean, that is literally the specialty. Right. Purcell, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Qualifying. Um, get out of the way. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't remember how he got eleventh in that moto uh, or what the problem was there yeah so france is looking good because they got uh, paul in wins one of the motos outright yep. reed wins the first moto gutierre paul in known as a legend of the nations wins moto two has to beat roxon and her hurlings to passes them both it. passes them both uh, yeah yeah he does he does and uh i mean this is a young hurlings and this is roxon on a 250f yeah uh, uh and then Villapoto is coming through traffic they gave him the bad gate he gets roxon almost gets hurlings at the end but anyway uh uh, Porcel was that third moto. Like he wasn't going to go down without a fight. Like he passes Dunge. Yep. Uh, and he's. I'm thinking like, dude, he's going to go. He's going to go after Villapoto. And I thought it was a cool matchup here. Is that if you're Porcel, these are not strangers. Like you've battled Dunge. You've battled Villapoto. I'm sure he's thinking. I'm going to beat these dudes, and I'm going to win this for France. And then the darn moose comes out. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. You're probably right. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, remember Porcel, this is only two years after Porcel and Dunge went toe-to-toe for the 250 title here. Porcel maybe even being better, um, but he lost it when his bike blew up. So if you're Porcel, you're like, I can beat these guys. Yeah, I, 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 I got these guys, right? Um, yeah. And Baggett doesn't have a good race. 17th in his two motos, on the in, getting the inside gate, which is, you know, yeah. again, uh, we were debating this on our group text for the 2021 MXDN. Um, JT was not happy that Caroli didn't get the inside gate, but the 250 guys are so important to this race. You got to give them the inside gate. You just you just normally have to because, I mean, unless you're unless if you're some country like Slovenia or or, or wherever Geyser, 
you know, give them the inside gate, let them win the moto, and you know, have the glory, right? But but if you're a 250 guy, if you're in the hunt as a country, give your 250 guy the inside gate. Now, uh, Chad um, makes a mention. Sorry, Mossy, I took the inside gate because <laughs> he's Chad yeah. Reed. So yeah, so it doesn't apply to <laughs> Australia or Chad Reed. Uh, so yeah, that that's not a shocking there. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hey, 10 years later, we're talking about Chad hole-shotting and winning a moto, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah, really, inside right. Inside gate paid off. Uh, but Blake had uh, the inside gate. Yeah, so they do gate get back at, yeah. at the inside gate at moto one, and he actually had a decent start. And then he and, of course, Caroli end up going down on the inside of the first turn. So Baggett's inside gate, the good gate, it, the number one gate pick, turns right. into a basically last place start. And in the second moto, the first time when I looked at the uh, when I looked at the timing and scoring, and maybe you saw it differently than I did. We just, so they get Baggett the gate again. RV got it. The first time I see them on the screen, Baggett's eleventh and RV's thirteenth. So like that's not so bad. That's okay. Eleventh uh, for Baggett, and then he works up to eighth at some, or he's up to fifth at some point um, in the second moto, in his second moto, and the second moto overall, he's up to fifth. Uh, um, and then he goes down, I guess, again. So he won his qualifier on Saturday on the all, all MX2 yeah, guys. So, yeah, so yes. like, again, going back to Blake Baggett, he was just hot and cold, it seems like, because there were some moments in this weekend. Yeah, and you as know. you hear from uh, Villapoto when we interview him here, he kind of insinuates that you kind of know with your MX2 guy or 250 guy, he's probably new, probably doing this for the first time, that you're worried about the consistency. So it was like, yeah. At time, right. Baggett had speed. He won the qualifier on Saturday. But putting it together and not screwing up. Right. Uh, you, you hear Ryan mention this quite a bit, like how important it is to not have that. Two, like You can't rely on those 250 guys. There's a chance they're going to be nervous or inexperienced and screw it up. And Baggett yep. ends up going 17-17. Yeah. And, and after Moto1, um, USA seven points down, you know, which is not huge. But, hey, yeah, not looking amazing, yeah. right? Um but, dude, you saw a run of uh, – I mean, Weimer did it. I don't think he was great. Um, yep. Tedesco did it. I don't think he was great. Like, 250 class, kind of a struggle. So maybe that's where RV's coming from. Like, the amount of times there's like, oh, our 250 guy, that wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look now, like, obviously they've been, been losing, but have there been any standout 250 rides, A-Mart or J-Mart or, you know, Cooper was on a 450 uh, that year at, at – um, so yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. Like, no, I went through it, and uh, I mean, the only thing you know, uh, Osborne battled yeah. Hunter Lawrence, as it turned out, yeah, in uh, England. But no, it's it's been a weak link. Yep, for um, a long time. So this uh, uh, again, I was at this race. Uh, uh, what did you think of the track, Weege? I remember. So actually, I was there with Pookie. I brought my wife to this race, and Whoa. we spent some time in Paris, and and, and we, um, I think uh, beforehand at some some, t- some town or something, so a little bit of a Mathis family holiday for this year, but what did, what did you think of the place? Well, it's got quite a bit of history with donations. It's hosted the event quite a bit. Um, so, Villapoto here will talk about how different the tracks are, but it's like Team USA has won there before. Yep. Um, but did you like it? You yourself? Did you, what did you think? Oh, yeah, it looks yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. I think it's really cool with the elevation change. Um, and the the dirt does look hard pack compared to what we would ever see at a national here. Um, but it is what it is. Like, there are plenty of people that ride dirt bikes on hard pack dirt. I don't think it's, like, unacceptable level. Yeah. Um, so when I asked Pookie about yeah. this earlier, I, I told her we were doing this. And I said, remember, we went to this race and everything else. And she all she really could remember was she said, was this the – place where they were cooking all that 
food with the shrimp and everything. And I'm like, yep, this is it. So in the pits, there was just like a cauldron, uh, you know, in the in the in the um, in the area of the pits um, where the public was, just a cauldron of like uh, orange stew with vegetables and then the complete crawfish with the eyes and the antenna and everything wow. in the stew <laughs> and it looked like whatever god knows what else chunks of meat and they were just in a giant cauldron and they just scooped it out for you for whatever price this was like vendors, vendors yeah yeah vendor row. row or whatever or food the concessions area or whatever yeah that's what she yeah, remembers it was disgusting it was the concessions yep yeah just disgusting like com- complete so crawfish sounds great Complete crawfish with the eyes and the antenna and everything. So stew was there. Stew was there. there oh was yeah, stew. yeah, there was stew. Exactly. Yeah, there was stew. Stew was um, there. That's so. That's all my wife okay. remembers of this. Oh, and she said um, McDonald's had little tiny pancakes that she liked to eat. So yeah, that was it. Um, oh yeah. Hey, I just got back from Italy, and McDonald's has donuts and uh, macaroons, which are like French cookies in yeah. Italy. In McDonald's Italy, has yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Um, McDonald's is never quite McDonald's. It's McDonald's, but not McDonald's. Yeah, not quite, yeah. right? Uh, another thing about this race, too, Joel Rolance, a uh, Belgian rider on the team, rode really well. Now, he, uh, you forget about that he, because he hasn't been around for a while. He crashed, and he's currently he, he got himself paralyzed off, off of a crash. But you're like, oh. I did not know that. Yeah, you're That's like. That's what happened uh, to Joel Rolance. Yeah, you're like, oh, Joel Rolance, like pretty damn good. Um, yeah, he was good. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, also, uh, David. they mentioned David Philipparts, who does not ride for Italy. But then I'm like, David Philipparts, like. Like I think a one or two time, well for sure one, but I think he was a two time world champion, and he was just, he's just gone like off the map. David Philipparts, um, yes, you know, yep. uh, you just don't see him. Uh, Bobrashev uh, rode really well in one moto, uh, the Russian Bob, and also by the way, uh, I supplied him goggles for this weekend. He was wearing X brand, and I brought goggles for him for what? the race. Yeah, yeah, Bobrashev was a gog- X brand guy to the Russian. Yeah, to the Russian. So, um, uh, I remember that as well. Wow. Um, all of that, uh, good times in the St. Sean Angeli. So Baggett, yeah, definitely doesn't have a great, uh, race. Um, and Villapoto, I think Villapoto's second, uh, no Villapoto's, yeah, Villapoto's second moto where he gets, uh, sorry, second moto, third. He, there was a real second moto, his first moto, his first moto. Uh, it was Paulin Hurling's RV, uh, and it was really close and they were right there. Um, and did you notice we in moto one? How far off Dunge dropped, and I guess it was the rain or goggles or who knows, but it started sprinkling and raining. It was kind of off and on all weekend, and Dunge was right there, and then he's just gone. That's right. He's gone. Um, so Roxon and Reed just just drop him. That's right. He did get third, but yeah, yeah, he was battling, and again, Dunge and Reed had battled so much that year that we said, remember on our podcast that uh, he should have high Ryan as a butt patch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Chad and Dunge were absolutely equally matched on speed. They spent so many motors with Dunge just parked behind it. Couldn't yep. pass him. Yep. But, yes, for Chad to pull away like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, it was pretty pretty yeah. cool to uh, to see Chad do that, to be honest. Because at this point, him and I were pretty good friends again. And, um, yeah, he, he I was really cool. I was happy for him. You know what I mean? I I wanted him to win that outdoor title. I I did think about you know like I I didn't like because I didn't I didn't really care so much. But I was thinking to myself, this would be such a cool story, the vet coming out and beating the two kids. You know, so yeah, I think everybody was rooting for Chad to a degree that year with his own team. I texted him today, but I didn't get an answer. I'm wondering for him to have the two two motorsports team compete in the donations. Is that just tons of extra money that he's just spending out of his own pocket? I'm sure, right? I'm sure. Um. I mean, do you get sponsors to kick in? I mean, look, we know that the team spent tons of money, but it's not like 
Yoshimira Makita Suzuki was asking Dunge to pay for his bike to be shipped. Yeah, 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 exactly uh, right. But what about Chad? He was running his own team. Nope, uh, I agree. Right, maybe some money from Australia, uh, a little bit, but I can't see. I can't see enough yeah, to. Maybe. Yeah, but you know, Chad's not going there yeah. with just one guy. He's going there with his whole team and everything. Right, so. Yeah, I just want to give Chad right. credit. Like he's running his own team and probably spending his own money. And the end of the 2011 season, he's probably bummed the way the outdoor title slipped away, and he still did it. Yeah, he, you know, went over there, spent probably a ton of money, and rode rode really well. Uh, absolutely. Hey, we're uh, Lee at Reraceables here, Lee at .com, um, and please check them out. Again, use the contact form on Pulp if you want to uh, get a code to save it, Lee. And thanks to the folks at Blenzall. Weege, uh, Michael Lessie, Blenzall rider. Hunter Slauger had a great national series uh, on a 450 class, and he's a Blenzall guy. Jerry Robin was a Blenzall guy. Uh, Blenzall.com or follow them at Blenzall Instagram. Full line of two-stroke and four-stroke stuff, and uh, Blenzall guys are on board with us. Yeah, uh, really happy to have my board i didn't even know about the jerry thing really yeah jerry's oh, jerry's blends all great step yeah ah uh, it's a great step getting jerry one of the most popular privateers out there and i have to say maybe it's to blends all you know jerry isn't a fantasy killer anymore do, do we do agree yeah he's, he's okay. not he's not no he's yeah he's he's I mean, he still has his moments but he is not full-blown jerry fantasy killer nope yeah maybe it's to blends all um maybe and also too if jerry needed anything for his 85 cr he could have blends all for that too Oh, yes. Yes, good point. That sweet-smelling caster blends up all. Um, yep. Also, thanks to the folks at Maxis, A-Ray, and Rod Bell. The summer of Rod Bell took a little bit while to get here, but it was, and he was using Maxis tires. Uh, Jeremy McGrath, perhaps uh, somebody who will be on a future Lee at Reraceables, developed the MXSTs, uh, Maxxis.com, UTV tires, mountain bike tires, and uh, the MXSTs, dirt bike tires. So please check them out, Maxxis.com. Thanks to those guys for supporting us. Uh, we have well, the, Hold on. Oh. I don't know if you're aware of this. Okay. I believe Maxis contributing to this year's Motocross of Nations champions because there is a Maxis hat being worn by none other than Alessandro Lapino on the podium. What? I, yes. I, I didn't know this. I didn't notice this. Wow. Yeah. Lapino is wearing a Maxis hat in all the photos after the race this year. So Lapino... Maxis powered... Maxis shod. Wow! So Maxis really dug into the tur- in the turf alongside the start straight for him to oh. get to get him to that next corner. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and, the, and the tires were hooking up so good, the acceleration and braking that his head was just bobbling all over the place. <laughs> Did he know where he was after the race, Lupino? Did anybody check with him? I, uh, as you like to say, there will be scholars. Will spend years. Yeah, dissecting Lupino's final moto this year. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Wow, look at it. so Lupino, Maxis tires, and also Lupino was in this race for a disastrous team team Italy, at least when it comes to Sunday's race. Um, it is one of my favorite things of motocross the nations. The you know not everybody is like Team USA where you have like twenty good guys to pick from. Like yeah. sometimes you just you know these are smaller countries, right? They don't have as much talent to pick from. Yeah. So a lot of these countries are bringing the same riders. Every year, and when I mean every year, <laughs> the fact that Lapino and Caroli were on the 2011 and 2021 team, yeah, it's like not shocking. Yeah, like there are so many teams. It, 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 yeah, I mean Tyler Medaglia just did Canada for the ninth time, just represented Canada again, nine times. There you go. Yeah, there and of go. course, of and now course, the all-time. Yeah, we know Tanelliak of Estonia. He's finally done. He finally <laughs> did not. But Harry Coolis was there. Yep. Yeah, Harry, but Harry's done two countries. Harry's done oh, Finland. Yeah, Harry's like Dean Wilson. 
Finland and oh Estonia. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, you, you got, uh, you, you used to, your Canadians used to battle Martin Barr. Oh, uh, yeah. Ireland every friggin' year. Yep. Stuart yes. Edmonds and Martin Barr. There we go. <laughs> oh, How many times they've done it. Right. <laughs> yes. A lot of, contra- and, uh, lot of controversy uh, this year with, Stu- with uh, Marty Barr not being named to the team this year. Oh, he fought. He was still. He was willing. He just wasn't named. He was injured, I guess, and they didn't. Wow. They didn't like it. I don't. I don't know. But lots of controversy in Ireland. So, um, the end of an era. And then Germany this year just bringing Max Snaggle out, uh, who was like, "Yeah, I'm teaching riding schools now, mostly." Right. 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 <laughs> so, at first, when I saw this, I'm like, "Oh my God, Lapino and Caroli are on the team ten freaking years ago, and they're still on the team this year." But that's kind of how it works. We're just not used to that on the American side. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. No, totally, you're right. Um, also, uh, like obviously, Koldenhoff and Hurlings, uh, they're going to be on the Netherlands team until they retire. They're not going to find guys better than them to replace them. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, and the, by the way, too, the second yeah. moto, Baggett gets the inside gate. RV comes out, like we said, eleventh. He gets all the way. The first sighting of RV is eleventh or thirteenth, sorry, and and he comes yeah. all the way to third. And Malin's like, ah, oh, RV's had a bit of an up and down race. Uh, what are you talking about, Malin? What are you talking about? He's moving up at the outside gate. No, no up and down race, Malin. Come on. Malin. Oh, okay. Our RV was really good here. It was really uh, like you see when he's trying to pass people. I mean, he is trying to pass how, people. How about his pass on Bobby in the third moto for the lead? Oh yeah, just like well, handfuls of yep. throttle he's grabbing and he's pivoting underneath the underneath acceleration at the same time. Yeah, the corner speed of Villapoto. I mean, it is just, okay, if you enter this corner on the inside, I will enter on the outside. If you enter on the outside, I will enter on the inside. I'm just going to go where everybody doesn't go, and I will just pivot. Yeah, that is true, right? He is just like, okay, no problem. Like, were you going in? I'm going out. Right. Like, yeah, whatever it yes. is. Yeah. The cornering is unbelievable, and like right yeah. up on them. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm freaking passing you now. Yeah. And he, uh, Russian Bob in the third moto actually holds him for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Villapoto is just dogging him and dogging him and dogging him. Expand I've got to imagine that when he came over and raced GPs in 2015, same guy that we saw in 2011. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's like scratching their heads like, is this is this his cousin? Is this is this his his, his yes. brother? His brother Tyler? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, all of He's that. He's a beast in this in this race. Yep, he he is. Uh, Lee at Reraceables. Let's uh, let's talk to RV, shall we? Let's uh, let's it's, it's time, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, and now we got the man of the hour for the race that we are talking about the 2011 Motocross the Nations. Rather timely, of course. Uh, this man was on the team, and uh, as he likes to tell all of us, the the Team USA has never won since he stopped being on the team. It's Ryan Villapoto. What's up, RV? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I don't brag about it. I just, yeah, you know, yeah. because I have to tell you guys because it's, I think, it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Hey, we, we were going to, we talked about those nations because obviously it's that time of year. But man, uh, we we didn't want to do 07 buds because I we, we just feel like that's, I mean, R- Ryan, that's your signature race. And I'm sure that, you know, you're kind of tired of talking about it. Um, yeah. I mean, what I, I guess remember the day was obviously pretty, pretty um, goes by really fast. As anybody, obviously you guys have been there. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy, you know. Like as soon as practice starts, you got your you got a little downtime right after. But as soon as you go up for the first your first motos, like if you're riding back to back, you're fucking on the gas all day. 
Yeah, yeah, but but are you it's, tired of talking about buds? Busy. But are you tired um, of ta- talking about buds? I mean, no, no I'm not. I mean, no. <laughs> want to talk about buds? We can talk about buds. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, really, the story for me for buds was how Ferry, you know, kept the team together and mm. pulled through. That was a story for me. Yeah, I mean, you can't win it without a team. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Uh, you cannot win it without a uh, without a great team. We had a great team, right? And Timmy pulled through for everybody for America. He did pull through. I mean, it didn't. It, it, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing that I went one one either. <laughs> oh no, yeah, it was all right. Okay, was, okay. Uh, we'll give me that. <laughs> all right, we we go ahead. You start. Yeah. So we feel like the buds ride in 07, as we talked about so much. We're gonna shine light on. Okay, it shouldn't really be forgotten about now because it's still 10 years later, the last win that Team USA had. But this one, where Bud's Creek to me was like, okay, you guys just dominated. I think you guys swept the Saturday races. Bud's was just like, all day was like a parade of Team USA rules. Dude, it seemed like France 11, it was tight. That seemed very clutch, very tense. Did you have that sense compared to Bud's? It seemed a lot harder to win it. Oh, I think anytime you go to Europe, it's a lot harder to win. Mm-hmm. Um, well, over there in their territory is, you know, I'm sure you've heard, everybody's heard these interviews. Yeah, it's over there, we're there, but it's, it is different. Um, you know, when it's, when it's here on our, on our soil, it's, it, uh, I mean, we still didn't win it at Redbud, but still like it, it, I think it's, it's, everything's more familiar. We know the track, we, you know, it's, it's yep. the United States, every, everything's so-called normal. So, um, but yeah, France was, was, especially with, with Blake, he had, I think the first moto, he had went up and was in the banners or something. He yeah. had ended up falling, and he actually felt both motos. He crashed but, both races, yeah. He didn't have a great day, yep. But the thing that everybody, you know, like as riders, you're sitting there, and yeah, every cat, every point counts, but it's very few, there's very few motocross nations that are won without a mistake, if, if you really probably go back and look. Um, everybody has a has has like a lights mistake or a, it seems like a lights or 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 a or a uh, open class mistake you know um so it, it yeah so yeah looking back i can see that coming down onto the turn coming down to the to like the main straightaway to the more we we kind of came back onto the start straight he was up in the banners there i don't remember what motor that was if it was his first or second but that makes things tense for sure especially with the banners they use they use that like uh, oh that the green threat. Yeah, that like nylon banner. So like, if you get it in your wheels, you're, you're <laughs> fucked. You're stuck. Yeah, it. Uh, well, going into the final moto, France was ahead. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, obviously, like you and Dunge were amazing riders, and you guys had to feel pretty confident. But, but France was ahead going into that third moto. Oh, I I don't remember that. Okay. No. Yeah. So, we're, so we're, they were ahead. Yeah. Ha- well, Blake had seventeen seventeen in the first two motos, so that doesn't help. Wow. Yeah. Seventeen seventeen. Yes, Obviously, right. one will get thrown away if you guys are good in the third moto, but you're definitely uphill battle. Yeah, but 17 is like a fifth is like not good, you know, or a sixth yes. is not good. But like a 17, that's yep. that's really bad. I, yeah. I, I was there at the race, as I, as I said, and I, I do remember the, the big, th- big thing about Blake that I remember was I think his mom or dad were, was getting in trouble for repeatedly selling merch from the Team USA truck area. <laughs> I remember they were trying to sell merch on the down low. <laughs> I do remember oh. that. 
So there, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, there was there was that issue going on as well for Baggett. Was trying to get the merch sales done uh, legally, I think, uh, at the oh, race. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, you know what I have to say about Baggett, though? Remember, so 2012, Baggett ends up winning the, the 250 championship here in the U.S., but 2011 was like that first El Chupacabra year. And kind of like classic Blake Baggett, you were getting some races where he was freaking unbelievable and other races where he was just like, okay. So that was always my worry going into this. You're like, you're either going to get unbelievable Blake, who's going to be super fast, or not. And I think that's what you got, unfortunately. You never really know. Right down to the end, I assume Baggett is not racing anymore. We don't know for sure. But, like, that was always Baggett. If you got him on the right day, it'd be unbelievable. But if you got him on the wrong day, not so that, good. I mean, to be honest, that kind of seems like everybody today in today's world. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you not, were, not really on that road, but yeah. You were, <laughs> okay, okay. USA was trailing by three going into the final moto with you and Dunge coming up. So, you know, that, that looked pretty good. CP, Purcell rode really well. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Purcell rode really well. He did. I remember he had a he, – one of the motos, I think he uh, it was either on me. I think he was on me. All right. Yeah, he passed, passed Dunge him. and was going I, after you. Yeah. yeah. I think he had just – yeah, maybe I just passed him or he had passed – and then his, his – I think it was the last moto, right? That's the what last moto, yep. Yep. Um, he uh, he uh, he had the rim or the tire fall. The, the rim, moose. The moose came out. I think. It came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was very very odd. So, um, but yeah. So obviously it was it was it was a it was a tense final moto. But you know, looking at the odds of you and Dunge, you know, doing well was pretty high. Do you remember the thir- so the second race, your first moto, you got third. Uh, do you remember? Uh, what, how, what that happened? I don't remember that moto at all. I was there again, but I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember the the. You're saying the first moto, right? Your first My moto. Time. Your se- the second moto I, of the I was, day. I was yeah. two and three. Yep. Yeah, I was two and three. Right. Um. No, I think I believe we gave Blake inside gate both times. Yep. Um. Uh, and I don't think I came out very well in that. In that first moto, um, I, I honestly I, I don't I don't really remember the. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd have to go back and watch it, but um. That that'll be your job today, Steve. Okay. All right. Yeah, enough. I think if I so Paul and won it. Yeah, and I think that, if I remember this right, they put Hurlings, who was probably like dude sixteen or something. They put him on a three fifty, and he actually had a good start, and he just like held it like the whole time, and he got second, and you got okay. third. So yeah, that's what I'm assuming. You were coming through traffic the whole time, probably. Um. Yeah, I think I had started outside or whatever, but I think the moto was decent. But the moto mm-hmm. I remember was the, was moto two, the, my moto two, which yeah. was yes. Dungeon's yeah. second moto. Um, so I guess both of our second motos. you were gone, you checked out, you rode great. Uh, and obviously you slowed down to let Dunge, uh, catch well, up. No, to but you. I, oh. I, no, prior to that though, I think, um, cause you know, you only have, so you can only, I think I had still started outside, but I was not as far outside because I think I go off gate pick at that point. Maybe. No, they always go off your Saturday results the whole time, the whole time. Okay. So then I just got a better start that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and had, and Dunge was up, I don't know if he was winning, but he was in front of me. Um, and then, uh, I ended up catching up and he, uh, he had let me by basically. I was not, no sense in having him hold, you know, having yeah. him hold me up. So as you know, like, as we're supposed to do as team, as team USA, he, he let me by and, um, and then I was able to, to pull away. Um, dude, that track was gnarly. The, the, the sheet, the rock sheets that yeah. were out there were were nothing that i had ever seen you know like 
Um, you were was, probably pretty cut up at the end of the day, I would imagine. No, I mean, luckily, surprisingly, I don't know, like a lot of the tracks in Europe, like they're pretty rocky and hard and have shitty, you know, shitty dirt. But I mean, yeah, you see guys getting some cuts and stuff on the eyes and things like that. But mm-hmm. I was fine um, afterwards. But yeah, it just he let, ended up let me by and and I ended up pulling a decent lead. And I, what I remember was Roger had said something. I don't know if it was at the airport or somewhere I, if it was at the airport or at the track or mm-hmm. just in we were having a conversation of some sort of whatever i think it was maybe an 80s um 1980s 86 86 where, where yeah whoever had pulled away and then they all crossed the line together basically mm-hmm. or all, two of them mm-hmm. um or maybe it was all three the whole team i don't remember um so i thought that was pretty cool so like i waited for for down to the end so that we both could cross the line together okay so i was going to ask you yeah how did that come together so it was a conversation with roger whatever at some point right you know right, like obviously yeah. you can't plan any of that shit yeah, like, yeah. it's not like hey i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna pull this lead and i'm gonna you know like what if i rode like shit and i was holding dungeon up you know or i <laughs> or vice versa you know like i couldn't pass him right. so um but that you know that that it ended up working out pretty cool you didn't strategically pick the correct side because with that one in the 80s, there was controversy over which rider wanted to be on the side where he had to take his hand off the throttle so the other guy could gas it and steal the moto victory. You didn't <laughs> You didn't strategize. I got to be on the correct side of Dunge so I can keep my left or my right hand, my right hand on the throttle and I'll high five him with the left. You didn't do that? No, I think if you look at the video, if you go back and look at the video, I kind of like veered off the track almost like I <laughs> – oh. uh, when I took my hand off. So I don't, I don't think I was, uh, I didn't think it through that, that far. Okay. Hey, I'm wondering between motos. So it's in France. Look, the French team has really good guys. Like, you know how good Christophe Forcel is, what he's capable of. You're in France, you're down. Um, do you remember like a point between motos of like you and Dunge being like, all right, mofo, we got to do this. We it's on the line. Like, was there a pep talk or like a moment of no, dude, the pressure is on? No, I and like the good thing about like if you have a question mark on on anything, it's gonna be like okay, like Blake, hold, you know, hold hold it together. You know, like let's just have get a good motor. Like, sure, Dunge could have had a bad motor, and so could I have. Um, but I think just we had both done it. I want to say that was Blake's first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, as a lights rider, as younger, like, you know, I, I can remember going, you know, they're like, fuck, this is gnarly, you know? Right. Um, so you had faith in Dungeon, Dungeon faith in you because I you think had done so. it. I, I think so. Like, going there, I knew that I didn't have to worry about. Like, even Gracie sometimes going there with Stu, like, when we went to, to Matterly, like, he was racing Stefan, and that was on some, I think we somehow I watched a, a clip of it or somebody mm-hmm. posted, we went fast, posted it maybe, of a, of a, of a, like a five minute clip. And, He's coming down the hill and he washed the front end out. Now he's still got second, but like, uh, and and false small fallovers are not a big deal. But like in that scenario, you know, I any one of us could have made a mistake. But if if you had to, if I'm picking, if I'm pitch, picking my dodgeball team, he's one. He's the one I'm picking. Yeah, as I said earlier in this pod too, I remember being at the race and being like, "Wow, like this is not good for Team USA." But uh, Villopoto and Dungey are coming up, and like that looks pretty good. You know what I mean? Like that's where I was. Th- that's where I was at. Just as a guy, a media guy there. Like they should, they should do this. You know, I I don't remember thinking like, oh man, as this a is, media you know. guy, they're not as mind you, not as you know. He's like, oh, go Team Canada, like no, you know, no, no. Like we, you live here, you should be, you should basically be rooting. You should be no, rooting for Team USA. No, that really bugs the shit out of me, actually, RV. And we can we we can maybe talk about that after you get off the line with 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 Weege. I feel like I'm there as a media guy, and sure, do I want 
Team USA to win? Sure. Like you're a friend of mine, and and over the years, like whether it's Jake or or Red Dog or Shorty, I want those guys to win because they're friends of mine. But I'm also there just to report on the race. Like I'm not there to like I don't get the media guys that are like there's media guys like running around cheering and they're happy that Team USA lost. You know, like I've had media guys come up to me at the, at the media tent and be like, you know, oh boy, you guys sure got wax today and they're happy about it and i'm like wait aren't, aren't you just here to report on the race i don't know it's a whole yeah, it's, it's a whole thing team, team usa you should be rooting on team usa no no we report you decide we're on we're unbiased journalists yeah it's not it's, it's not it's fox, fox news yeah, it's not fox boys. rv yeah, yeah this is we're mainstream media we tell it straight. this is fake news <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what was funny was i was looking at your at the nation's results for you rv and this was the only one you ever went to on a 450 just because of injuries and stuff i didn't really think about that before i was doing the research on this like you only got to go as a 450 guy one time to the nations so Are you sure yeah 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 yep so i went but i went four times total i think yeah and the other three times you're on a 250f oh, yeah uh, yeah i guess <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Which means you were two eating times, rocks and getting, you know, getting, uh, fighting two times up. In Eng- two times in England and yeah. then one time, in, right. I guess, on a 450. Yeah. 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 It was just odd to me. Like, I would have pictured you because you're a two time, you know, 450 motocross champion. I would have pictured you as doing more of these designations on a 450. But yeah, this never, never worked out. So. I had to keep that win streak going in Supercross four in a row. Four yeah. In a row. Do you? Oh, there you go. Hey, when I went to Designations in 03, uh, Roger never knew who I was the day after I was out riding with them. Uh, we went and practiced, and then Roger didn't know who I was. Did, did Roger ever mistake you for anybody? Did he, did he know who you were the whole time? Roger uh, DeCoster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I fucking hope so. He knew who I was. Okay, because he didn't know who I was. So that's all. I was just checking. I mean, yeah. Okay. Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Uh, Is it? This is probably a dumb question. Is 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 Bud's your favorite designations ever? I I assume so. So, what's your second favorite, or what is your favorite? If it's not Bud's, what is your favorite MXDN? Um, I, I mean, Bud's was obviously a really, a really good one. Um, I'd probably say that next step for the St. John. Yeah, St. John. Hey, yeah. I want to know with that, yeah, with this being enjoyable, when you're down going to the last moto, you win on foreign soil, uh, is the sense of relief and then the celebration after a little bit bigger because it wasn't like, yeah, all day we knew we were going to win it. Like, dude, it was tense. Does that make it even more exciting at the end and like a bigger sense of relief when you cross that finish? I think, I mean, all the above. Like, you're in Europe, um, you get, mm-hmm. the, get the win, which is, which is huge. Uh, I think they... They throw better parties than we do, probably. <laughs> I mean, they just have all their, you know, the, the Alpen Stars rig is there that goes to MotoGP. So, like, if there's a, if there's even even this one even was good. MX, this one was good afterwards. MX races, yeah. even our even the series MXGP. Like, if you go and look at the kind of the rigs and Giuseppe's Giuseppe's hospitality area, and I mean, you guys have probably been there, correct? Yeah, it's nice. Um, I mean, the food that he serves for his for the for the um, for the hospitality area is literally insane. Like it's more it's MotoGP style. So um, yeah, I just think that it's 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 a it's a it's a ways above us. Ah, so that's funny. I think most people would think, well, the party in America would be the best because you're Americans winning in America. But you're saying it actually goes better just because of the hospitality built into the track. Well, event. and I think once everything's over, you like, you know, yeah. like, yeah, we have a target on our back, but those, all, most, all the guys are cool. Like, 
You know, they yeah, do they, they are. all the guys come over to, to Alpen Stars. That's where everybody's at. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Italy or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Denver. It doesn't matter who you are, if it's Caroli and, and, and Hurlings, all these guys, like, um, they all come over, you know, like we all hang out. We all, uh, we all get cross eyed. This one was good. <laughs> this, this one was really good afterwards. I don't know if you remember it, RV, but it was, uh, yeah, I, uh, it was one of the better ones. Yeah, that one was wasn't that one up by the Thor pit too? That was, no, that's the Bud's Creek was up by the Thor. No, 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 of, I know, but the, oh, but okay, yeah, but Thor was right next to Alpen Stars up there on top of the hill. I remember that. Yeah, I think Albertson was riding for uh, Puerto Rico this year in France, and Lemoncello just got him way off the reservation. Uh, the lemon, uh, he, oh, 100%. I mean, the Lemoncello gets everybody off. Yeah, I guess. Gets them sideways. 100%. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, that's normally what happens. It gets passed around as the bottles. And uh, Ryan Villapoto on the Liet Re-Raceables podcast here, uh, brought to you by Blenzol and Maxis. Uh, RV, this is a difficult question for you to answer, but um, so Ryan Nunji, like he was very good at this race. He was very good at his, some of his other motocross donations over the years. And and rode well, and you know, 2009 when he was a, a last minute pick, uh, jumped on a 450 and did well. But then there were rides when you were done, RV, like in in Germany and in Latvia, that I'm standing at the side of the track going, "Who is riding this track right now? Like who's who's on the bike with Dungey on the back of his chest protector?" Um, and obviously you don't know, but can you relate to? Maybe some of Dunge's like poor performances, as far as like I just maybe he was number one and the pressure got to him, or whatever it is. You know, I again that's a difficult question for you to, to relate to, but can you at least sympathize with Dunge and riding very poorly at this race after you oh, were you're done? Uh, yeah, for sure it sucks all the way around. You know, even if I'm not there. I mean, I was racing it. I was I think I was racing during that. I was just dealing with knee surgery. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you know I. I I mean, I like, yeah, I can't really answer, and I have never asked him about, you know, the, yeah. the, the specifics of, of that. But I would say that just looking, if, I could, if I'm looking inside of a book without reading it, like, you know, racing him as close as I've raced him, I obviously have a, I kind of know how he, how he works in a, racing, in a racing standpoint. Maybe I'm way off, but mm-hmm. I think that, that, yeah, it was, it mentally was probably on his, in his head and on his shoulders that, like, maybe our team, you know, wasn't the strongest, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause and then it, and was... it brings out, and, and instead of, you know, like bringing the best out of him, you know, it, it brought out maybe the worst out of it, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like I, maybe he was the guy and the other times he wasn't looked at as the guy on the team. Right. I mean, Lomo, I'll give him a pass for Lomo. Cause it's, you know, sand that, you know, you've, you know about that, but these, yeah. these other races, I was just like saying Dunge, like the, you're not riding like the Ryan Dungey I've seen over in America, you know. So yeah, he's got a he, we, He's three and three at Nations, you know. Dungey's MXDNs aren't all shining like like our guy on the phone here. Yeah, and it was three in a row. Like the first three really good, and the last three really terrible. It's like something flipped. I almost wonder, and no one could answer this, right. Ryan. You can weigh in, but it's almost like I wonder if there was a collective confidence. You guys had won like six or seven in a row at this point. Well, I think and then he experienced what it was like to lose, and then it almost changes everything. Well, probably, and then I don't yeah. think our, I mean, probably changes. No, going in, you're like, fuck, we're gonna have an uphill battle with our team, you know. And then that's not taken away from some of those guys that, like, you know, some of them had never been. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, some of them, they weren't like maybe they weren't the number one pick of of our class, but most of the time, yep. we 
pretty good. You know, like most of the time it's pretty good. Um, and it just, you know, like, I don't know, like it, I think to go there and win part of, you know, like, yes, you can, if you want to have like, call it perfect, but like you have to have three riders that are top of their class. Um, and also with speed wise and top of their class in consistency and to find both of those in three riders is really hard. You can normally find it in two and then your lights guy potentially is the, is the weak link on the consistency side of things. So you think if you know that going in, that you're not maybe firing in all cylinders, it kind of like adds some pressure or takes away confidence. Like maybe that could have an impact. I mean, I think so for yeah. some people, for sure. Like, yeah. I think that probably did, you know, like, I mean, I would, I, I can sit here and tell me like, I can know like, fuck, you know, like, you know, don't screw it up. You know, like I, I know where <laughs> I'm going to don't, you know, I could see that playing a factor. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's crazy. The pressure. Absolutely. Like you think about it, like, uh, yeah, all of the designations that I've been to, um, man, it is get tense. Right. And the littlest, tiniest thing can screw up your country's results. And, and, you know, I mean, Cooper Webb, you know, he's got tears in his eyes at, at uh, Majoria, you know what I mean? Uh, Jason Anderson gets landed on uh, same race. It's, the drama and the ups and downs of, of a weekend are, 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 are big for sure. Um, and it can be huge. Hey, before we, before we let you go on this, uh, Lee at Reraceables, I mean, you know, Ferry, Bud's Creek, Ferry, Donington Park. <laughs> what, what was he like as a teammate, Ryan? What was, just talk about being around somebody like that. Uh, I mean, it's good to have knowledge. I mean, Timmy rode, Timmy raced a lot, but I can think most of those, I'm not going to go there for you, Steve. I'm not oh. going to. Okay. Oh. I think, Thank you. I think, I think having, having, like, Timmy was one of those guys that, like, he wasn't maybe at the top of his, his class for all-out speed, right? Uh, here we he go. was, like, the perfect MX3 rider, right? Because he could win that class. Yeah. But he would, but he, every, it didn't matter if it was a bad start. They all, there's Timmy. He's back. He's up to third. They all, there's Timmy. He's up to fifth. You know, like he was getting there no matter what, you know, like in 30 minutes, you had 30 minutes. And if he was in 20th, he would be third. So like from a standpoint of MXON, he's like your, he's one of your perfect guys for, that, that's to, all I need. That's all I need. To, to <laughs> as, you know, that MX3 rider, you know? like, right. and then you put at the time that was James, James was the MX1 rider um, at, at Matterly. Yep. Um, and yeah, like you had the fast and then you have the consistent, like James was consistent, obviously, like, but he also, he's got his ups and downs. Like, you know, you, was, everybody knows that's, that was one of James's like kind of like low points was. Do you remember, do you remember big James yelling at Sebastian Porcel for racing James in Donington? He was getting very angry. I, I don't know. I, the video I watched, I think we went fast posted, actually had James and we were, it was me, Ivan and James. Okay. Actually it wasn't Timmy. It was me, Ivan and James. And, James had come over and we're talking about the track and no, wait, was it me? It would have been, you, you, yeah, you were talking about Matterly. It was, uh, it was you, Stu and Ivan. Ricky was there though too, for some reason, but Uh, maybe he wasn't, he was just like the, the team guy. Yeah. Maybe for Suzuki and Ricky and and then our, like, so, but yeah, he was, you know, as the track we were talking, we were all talking, you know? And so, yeah, it's a crazy race. Hey, I want to ask one other thing. Um, uh, in the, uh, Interest of fair and balanced reporting, which is what us journalists are all about. Fake um, news. Yes. Fake news. Uh, mainstream media. Both are probably liberal. Yeah. Mainstream media, man. I just do what the mainstream media says. They're fair <laughs> and balanced. Totally. Um, 
I have looked. Okay, so when the 250F started coming on the scene about your time, your results were fine. It wasn't like the 250 was a huge disadvantage. You were literally winning motos or at worst getting like second in motos against 450s in this race. And then honestly, since then, Team USA's MX2 guy has been terrible almost every time. We've had a couple of high moments, like uh, Osborne got a podium once. Uh, now it really starts to look like, oh, yeah, dude, your team is MX2 guy. He's lucky to get a 10th against 450s. When you were out there on the 250F, did it seem like you're at a big disadvantage? Because it didn't seem like it in your day. I mean, I personally think that the the Europeans right now, all the all the all the race, they're 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 each put any one of the guys with they'll smoke us right now. Um, there it is. That's what people wanted to hear. And <laughs> brutal honesty. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, you know, all out outdoor track. I I just you know. I just think they would they would beat us right now. I think um, maybe Eli, if you know, once again we're talking about that, you know, the the hot and cold. Right. Um, yeah. When Eli's hot, then maybe not. But Eli runs a lot of cold races. It seems like. Um, so, um, yeah, I I don't know. I just think that they've they've stepped their game up um, a lot. But also, if you guys, if if anyone, if anybody's ever watched uh, clips or of of uh, actual watch the races their tracks are three times to four times rougher than ours by a long ways yeah they they, they don't groom them they don't groom much nope i agree they, with that. Yeah. Them, them some bitches are rougher than snot and like you know i'm not saying our tracks and you bring them over here they're gonna have they're gonna have a learning curve just like you know yeah just like they would i, I get it and they might not win right away but like the tracks they ride on, like every, go look up MXGP anybody and go look. the The tracks are nothing like our tracks. Like our our tracks are smooth compared to what they ride, in my opinion. I'm a little confused by that. Like you watch a race like Redbud, and there are massive freaking braking bumps, like insane braking bumps. Do you mean bumps, or do you mean like they're just tougher, like they're slippery? All the, or that, well, all, yeah. the all well all the above. I, I, right. All the above. I think that they. Uh, yeah, number one, they don't have like most of our tracks are. I'm trying to think of a shitty track we have on the circuit that soil wise. Oh boy, like, we don't really have, huh? Oh boy, like we don't really have one that has terrible dirt. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. It's not just roughness; it's also like a it's, challenge of bad it's dirt. All, that you have it, to deal hundred percent. It's all of it. Um, yeah. we have a lot of tracks. Like I'm trying to think, like that you go straight a lot. There's a there's a lot of longer straightaways where, mm. like, if you go look at these tracks in Europe. They're some of them. They're never going straight for more than like fifty feet. They're, they're chicanes and dog legs, and, and then one nineties, and then one eighties, and it's like that. That's that's a, like Southwick would be more of our would be probably the track that has the least amount of like long straightaways. Um, all that infield in Southwick, you know, you're, you got that turn section come down. Every all that tighter stuff mm -hmm. is, is the stuff that's the hardest to ride. Mm. Um, and then you then throw in you know you got bottomless bottomless sand or or rock sheets like St. John when we raced, like it's, and then then it's, then it's rough on top of that. I, I personally think that their tracks are, are, are much rougher than ours. But you didn't feel only 250F, you were at a massive disadvantage. Yes. Maybe we could say all of our riders are just struggling compared to all their riders, but the uh, discrepancy in 250 to 450 no, seems on, bigger on, now. I don't know why. No, on the start, I, but I personally think that like, they're they're like the hurlings of the world and that class that top five top ten like in a stack class where before i see 
you had three or four guys in that 450 class that were that were like good that had a, you know like like well Stefan raced his last release um, like the Porcel like like those few guys but like I feel like most of us like me like when going there like if it wasn't I wasn't gonna beat them but I could beat everybody else you know more than likely. Right. With, their with, top 450 guys have just gotten that much better, which means I, 250 guys going to struggle more. Yes, if, yeah. and, and if we're inconsistent, and maybe we, you know, we're not not on the not not on our game. You know, the uh, tracks thing is weird. It's almost like well, I say like uh, I always use this example. Fox used to have this calendar they'd put out, the Dream On calendar, and it would show you this perfect, super awesome looking motocross track that made you want to get on your bike and ride. And it's like, so I feel like that's what all the tracks are trying to do. We're trying to make our track good. But you're saying there's an advantage or skill or whatever you want to call it in like a track that's not perfect, not good. The dirt is not good. And you've just got to learn to deal with it. 100%. Start looking. We each go on Instagram and start digging around in, your, in Europe and go look at the tracks they ride. Oh, I watch them all. Yeah, dude. Like they're riding on dirt that's rock hard at times. Rock I re- hard I or bottom of sand. I did, a, I did a test day. I don't even remember the track, but it was in... Dijon, it was in France, mm-hmm. and I ran. I think it was Dunlop's hard pack tire, like the hardest pack tire they had. Um, and I did one moto, and I came back, and there wasn't a there wasn't a knobby left on it. And it was the hardest <laughs> pack tire they had. <laughs> Actually, that says a lot because I think you started the whole just run the soft terrain tire on every track trend. Actually, over here, didn't you? Yes, but yes, and a hundred percent. But but. You don't have a chance. You would not have a chance to make thirty minutes at some of those tracks in Europe with mm-hmm. with that mentality, or just actually running it. Like you wouldn't. Yep. Um, yep. Like we had a few issues in Supercross where I was like, "Man, I really, I'm going to run that tire, and I'm risking like Phoenix one year." Like, oh, Brayton. Yeah, Brayton, when Brayton, baby. Yeah, yeah. When I passed Brayton, like with a like I don't know what like a half a lap to go. He should have parked you in that lap. He should have parked you in that. Yeah, he, he should have parked you. Yeah, I mean, he should have. But that right there, you know, like looking back at that, like, okay, I just barely squeaked it in. Like you, that was only in 20 laps, which 20 laps, you know, sometimes they're 15 minute long, 20 minute long. At the most, 18 minutes would be your, would be a start finish of Supercross. Um, Now try to do that on, on uh, 30 plus two with, with literally like, knives that are knives and rocks and i mean sharp ass shit that's out on the track like literally i had like i told you i had no knobbies left on the hard pack tire wow all right well uh, I, uh, and, and yeah. really i was like these guys really ride this shit <laughs> they do they do Tex my suspension guy's like oh you know he's, he's it was, he was italian and he's like oh you know telling me yeah no problem like oh yeah it's good no problem like yeah, we'll work on the bike and you know like I'm like, this is garbage, but makes me good. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't. They, that's uh, that's a well well made point. I think. Uh, anything else, Weech, from uh, 2011, Saint John Angeli? Nope. Congratulations. The streak continues. You're still the last guy. Yep. On a winning team. <laughs> team USA never won since you left. Yep. Unbelievable. I I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the the, the, to, the we, stats we speak for themselves. To. Yeah. We need to do better. We need to do better. Well, step one, send a team. That's the step one. Just show up, as Weege likes to say. Uh, Even that wasn't working. Right. We, we've sent some teams. It still doesn't work. Right. Uh, all right. The Leah. Yeah, Le- I, 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 it's, it's coming here, right? It's coming here. Next. I heard. But, dude, if they, if they couldn't podium 
at Redbud two years ago, I'm completely out. Like, I can't say for sure. Like, the, good God, like, they didn't even make know. the podium. Yeah, like they, they put a bunch of sand on the track and this and that. And I'm like, really? Like, and I know it was kind of shitty conditions. Still, and, though. Still. But I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah. we're in our backyard and we rode like fucking dog shit. Yeah. Well, you you get on a you know you, we went riding last week together. I can see the, the speed is still there. Maybe you can come back. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, RV. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. There we go. Lee at Reraceables, Ryan Villapoto, Weege. Uh, the man is uh, still still confident. Still 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 confident. <laughs> yes. He's great. Uh, uh, there's a lot to unpack uh, from that. Um, he, I think he's finally starting to crack a little bit and say his disappointment in today's athletes you know the the, the riders mm-hmm. you know he's trying not to go full full on and like say that they're not getting the job done or anything like that yeah um but it's getting harder and harder probably to say that to not say that yeah put it that way yeah um, no, absolutely um by the way too watching the race he was on the left for the finish line and he does almost eat crap when he when he slows down to let dunge catch up but yeah yes you know, and all the, you know, Ryan somehow ranks probably in the middle of, like, the Doug Henry, John Dowd to the David Bailey scale of riders to remember things, right? David Bailey maybe being the best, and maybe Dowd and Henry weren't the best, uh, and Ryan's maybe oh, in the yes, middle. I agree. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But it is interesting that he remembered Roger talking about, now, he didn't, he didn't know the riders or the year, but it was 1986. It was the infamous Majoria race with Bailey and RJ. Uh, but interesting that he remembered that conversation that Roger said and, and wanted to do it out on the track at the same time. Yeah, he remembered that detail, but he does not remember the second moto of this race at all. Right. And then I go back and watch, and I'm like, oh, there he is trying to pass Jeffrey freaking Hurlings on the last lap, but he does not seem to remember that at all. Yeah, no, no nothing, right? I, I don't know. Like uh, you think he'd be like, yes, I raced. I remember the one moto ever where I raced Hurlings. Apparently but not. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's rv for you yeah no i love it yeah it's great right it. uh so yeah good stuff yeah. good stuff as always from rv and i mean you know you and i we debated which to do for this race and I, you know buds is just i feel like buds is overplayed i just feel like buds is it's an all-time record it's an all-time smashing and it's an amazing race and, and all of that but i just i'm like ah, he's you know let's move on from buds 07 right yeah i agree it's been talked about quite a bit there's not that much to talk about besides uh he just took off yeah yeah i mean what else is there to say yeah, yeah but i did right. think with this one i was a little surprised i thought look they were not great the team was okay in the first few motos and then they come out somehow you're almost supposed to have somebody get a good start and someone get a bad start that's and, the way the gates are designed yeah and they both come out dunge and villapoto up front yep. they're running one two yeah finish the moto one two i'm like dude that is all-time clutch yeah and i always have wondered for 10 years i'm like man and did dungeon villapoto get their heads together and be like <laughs> we gotta step up and beat these mofos <laughs> now let's go nope 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 just like oh i got ryan done dude like of course we're gonna do it what do i need to tell him right right yeah no, that was it yeah exactly there was right no rah rah speech in the locker room like we gotta win this thing we're in france france is beating us they uh nothing. no nothing like that and yeah they came out like second and fourth right I think in the first turn like how Russian, the hell I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know but it was it was all it was ultimate 
and I, again, I don't want to be the old man walking uphill to school both ways, but it's an all-time like what the Team USA needs now, and they haven't gotten that, right? Like there's, there's never been a clutch performance – or not never – there's not been a clutch performance for Team USA for a number of years. There's not been anybody that's just carried them on the back, you know? And, and as I mentioned to Villapoto, like there were times the last couple of years of Dunge where you're like, what the hell is he doing out there? You know, um, it just uh, so, yeah. you know, trailing the third, trailing going into the third moto and coming out uh, uh, second and fourth is not been happening. And so you got again when you so, I think you watch something like this, and you're like you tip your hat to it. You're like good job, guys. You know, good job. So well, it's a broader topic we've been saying quite a bit, and we'll we'll have another podcast with RV on a different race coming up later on, where it's just the stuff seems so automatic. It seemed easy. And now you're like, no, man, that those right. guys were really freaking good to be able to do that kind of thing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Lee at Reraceables, yep. 2011, Motocross the Nations. Um, what else we got for this one? Uh, Weege, anything else? Categories are coming up, of course, but um, yeah, anything, categories coming anything up. about the um, race? I'm wondering, okay, so this is the last win. The next year was sand, and uh, they really just, well, you were there in 2012, but they just had no shot. No shot. They never right? had a shot. Nope, it was never. It was too slow. Yep. Yep, never yeah. going to happen, right? Yep, the only one that was remotely good was Barsha. Uh, Baggett and Dunge were just terrible. Uh, okay, Sand Race. So the win streak ends, and then they were haven't been good since, and it's been getting worse. And a lot of the great luck and great fortune that they had has tilted the other way. And like you said, when they need a clutch ride, they don't get it. I am wondering. Um, I'm not big on the psychological mumbo-jumbo and momentum and confidence and all that. I try to not hype that too much. But I am wondering if... It was like, we always win, we always win, we always win. Did that give them like this extra boost for moments like this? Like, of course it's going to work out. It always works out. And then finally, guys like Dunge saw the bitter abyss. They saw, oh, no, now I know what it's like to lose. I know how much it sucks. I know it doesn't automatically work out. I wonder if there almost was like the tint of we always win gave them this extra uh, no fear, and then it flipped the other way once they started losing. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I doubt yes. anybody goes into it thinking about that deep into it, but you could have a point there, yes. You know what I mean? Like like just psychologically deep in there, Dungeon's like, oh, we're not going to do this again. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like as the captain of the team for the last couple of years of that, um, right. of his career, right. you know, but so the photo's yeah. not going your way. You're just like, Oh, oh my God, this is going badly. Yep. Instead of it'll work out. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I, the tra- tragic example I always bring up is, uh, as a baseball fan, you know, my, my whole life was Yankees and Red Sox. That is a huge rivalry. And no matter what, no matter what the Yankees would always find a way the, the, it yeah. was always lopsided. It was always Yankees. They would torture the Red Sox every time. And every year was the year the Red Sox were falling at the top of them. And then it started getting really, really close and tense. And if you're not a baseball fan, just bear with me here for a minute. <laughs> and then there was this epic season where they had to play in the playoffs, which baseball redesigned. They would never even – they were never even allowed to play each other in the playoffs. So they changed it. They actually were. And there was this epic game. And they said that Derek Jeter just kept telling everybody, don't worry, the ghost will take over. The ghost will take over. This, we've been beating them for 90 years. This will work. And it did one year. And then the next year, the freaking Red Sox beat them. And since then, the Red Sox have been by far the superior franchise. And it's like the Red Sox 
players always had this stink on them of we will always be cursed. And the Yankees players had this thing on them of it will always work out for us. And I almost feel like it, this ended for Team USA. And now they're fighting that uphill battle. We're like, there's not a single rider that would race now has ever experienced winning this event. They're all gone. Yeah. Yep. Now it's just, dude, you go there. We do bad. People say we suck. Everything keeps it not working out. It's got to be tough. I, I think it's a factor. Yeah. 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 Very, very, uh, very much so. Um, yep. It, it could be. And then so it's going to take, you know, some sort of luck or dominant performance by the team. But the, I, I'm leaning towards the luck category to get it back because there's there, the, the motocross dominance, I think, isn't there, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, good good thoughts yep. for sure. On, on. Lee at Re-Raceable's categories. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, or, or, this is something that happens every every single uh, uh, podcast that we do of this. Uh, who really won the race? Well, I'm tempted – I'm tempted to go with like Roxon uh, Weech because he's on a 250F and he did pretty well uh, in that one moto. The, the other moto, um, I'm not sure what happened to him. Uh, but to get second against Dunge and Searle and these dudes on 250F, it's pretty damn good. Uh, Chad Reed, obviously winning winning a moto at the Motocross Nations has got to be the coolest feeling if you're a rider, right? You just beat all the world's best riders. Um, yep. So that's got to be a pretty cool feeling. But in the end, I mean, with a outside gate pick to go three and then one, and, you know, he's, he slowed down to let Dungey catch up to him, it's got to be our guy Ryan Villapoto, I think, to me. Yeah, we keep, we keep not wanting to pick the winners as the winners. Yeah. But looking back now as the last win for Team USA and Villapoto clearly being the guy that got it done by winning that final moto, uh, he's the winner. Yeah, yeah. I think he uh, he really won the race, and he really won the race um, for the Lee at Reraceables category. Um, who's that guy? Obviously, it's a you know it's jam packed, and there's there's countries that we don't you know we could go pretty far down and look at guys that we've never ever heard of. But I I might go uh, Weege if I had to go for who's that guy? Ninth place Moto Two, uh, Carlos Campano from Spain. Like I. I think I've seen the name before, but he got ninth, and his name's Carlos Campano, and he's from Spain. And until uh, um, you know, um, Berrigan really was Spanish's best motocross racer. They never produced a lot of great motocrossers, and of course, obviously, now they have Prado. But um, Carlos Campano, who's that guy? I'll go there. Wow, oh, really? No, I feel like I've heard his name. I couldn't tell you anything about him, but I definitely yeah. feel like I heard his name through the years. Okay. Um, the Carlos Campano, Jose Butron, Jonathan Berrigan team. That was probably about as good as it gets as a three-rider squad for France. Like, yeah. Berrigan had one GPs. Yeah. They're all right. Um, I'm going to go who's that guy for uh, South Africa finishes sixth in this event with Tyler Rattray, who you no doubt have heard of. Gareth Swanepoel. Heard of him. No doubt heard yeah. of. The current trainer for Star Racing. And Shannon Terrablanc. Okay. All right. <laughs> he went twenty four twenty four. Good job, Shannon Terrablanc, for bringing the Republic of South Africa to a respectable sixth. Okay. So Donnie Bastemeyer from the Netherlands, Hurling's teammate. <laughs> he yes. he is somebody you've heard of. No. Well, the difference was South Africa. South Africa finished. Okay. Sixth. And the Netherlands finished ninth. So that's why I give and, Terra Blanc the edge. And the Dutch guy named Donnie? Like, that's what we're doing? We're just doing Donnie from Boston? Uh, you know, like, that's a... Donnie. Yeah, Donnie is not <laughs> what I think a, of Dutch, as a name? Dutch name. No. 
What's up, up Donnie? Uh, what's what's um, up? What's up, Donnie? How's Hurlings? Is he is he what's good? Up, Donnie. Um, okay. Uh, but yes, the, I actually haven't heard either guy. Donnie Bastemeyer. Yep, Bastemeyer. And Huron Break. That was Hurlings other teammates. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh they've they've really stepped up the Netherlands now they've, <laughs> slightly. They've slightly. A, they've got an embarrassment of riches. And I didn't remember this, but you uh, said Hurlings was on a three fifty for this race? A three fifty? Pretty sure. Yeah. I actually went back yes, it was a one. Yes, I remember that kind of rainyish moto where he did mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. Uh, um so he was their best guy, even though he was probably dude, well, how old is he at this point? Yeah. Seventeen? Yeah, sixteen, seventeen, right? It's gotta be. Um Yep, F it. Put him on a big bike. He's our best guy. Lee at Re-Raceables. Uh, I got info. Oh. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I got info on okay. my guy, Sharon. Oh. Shannon Terrablanc. Yeah. Uh, I went to a South African that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a name sounds like Schman- Schmangston. Okay. Uh, you might remember him as a racer and also a TV broadcaster. Yep. Uh, so I said, does this name ring a bell? And he says, Yes, some people would get picked because they were just willing to pay their own way or had a sponsor. Ah, oh, really hoping for a better story than that, but hey, okay. Oh, oh, well, well, yeah, from GL you would expect. Yeah, you would yeah. expect that, right? Well, good job, Shannon. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, you were hoping for like a party story. No, 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 no. I was hoping Sharon. that like this guy was some great champion that we didn't know about or something, or like oh. like GL saying, "Yeah, no, no, he no. just, just never." Like, we got Roger Swanepoel, and is anybody else willing to foot the bill coming to this race? <laughs> See, not even Canada reaches yeah. that level. Like our guys don't pay. Like you know what I mean? Like nobody pays to be on the team. Like so, we, we're a step above that. Uh, speaking of which, Team Canada well, did not send a Canada team this at the year. point where anyone has the money to pay. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, by the way, the, 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 the Team Canada, after the 09 race uh, in uh, Italy, was such a shit show with one of our riders looping out off the start um, twice, I think, his clutch didn't work. Uh, Dean, Dean Wilson winning the LCQ, uh, but then turning his back on the Canada. Uh, we were scarred for many years. Didn't send a team after 09. It was such a bad showing. Um, but Dean Wilson did win the B-Main. Okay, uh, Lit Kid Award. Uh, th- it, this is always a great race for that. There's the graphics, the, the gear, everything looks great. Uh, I think Dunge's Captain America look is great from Fox. Um, it's it's you know the Thor stuff for RV and Baggett. They look pretty much the same. Um, but I'll, I'll go Dunge's Fox stuff looks really really good. Yeah, I'll give that to you. Uh, for I'm gonna go with the same. I think it's almost a little over the top. It's almost like they tried too. Yeah. Hard to make it look American gear. Yep. But it looks American. That's cool. I also noticed on the podium, couldn't tell in the motos, but Dunge is standing there, and it looks like they put a giant Rockstar sticker on his jersey. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I don't know if that was like, this will look better up here or what the deal was. They have conflicting sponsors. You couldn't really tell when he was riding if he had that giant sticker on or not. But if you but know that Rockstar, that's something they would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good that's point. that's something they're, they would do. They're very particular. Um, yes. Also, shout yeah, out on the shout out on the podium. Baggett kept his gear on. I believe in the, the whole time. Yeah, which I've always, I've always to this day still get on Jake Weimer. He's in jeans on the podium, and I'm like, <laughs> no, dude, you got to keep your gear on. You got to keep the gear on because nothing looks weirder than a guy in jeans. So. Baggage, baggage. Hey, that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a really good point. Now yeah. I want to go back to these Italy podium photos when um, Guadagnini is losing his mind after the team wins, but he's the MX2 rider and he's done for an hour. Yeah, see, see what he's in. See, yeah. see what he's in there. Um, all right, uh, he's Lee- got a jersey on. He has a jersey on. 
Lee at Reraceables. Yep. Where's JT? Uh, he's uh, he's racing, right? In 11? 12 he gives it up? Yeah, he's he's, he's not retired. So right. I guess he's not going at this point. Yeah, well, because USA is winning. So I just want everybody to know that USA wasn't losing. Oh, that's right. USA has not uh, won since JT started going to this thing. Uh, outside of Lomo. He'll tell you Lomo was his USA lost, and he didn't go to Lomo, but that's Lomo. That was a, they were never going to win anyways, but then since he's been going, they've never won, and it, it crushes him. So maybe he should stay home, just FYI, just saying. They didn't win this year, and he was there. Right, exactly. They did not win this year. Um, that's J- the Jacob Marsak Award for the rider who did the best that maybe you've never heard of or we don't talk about. I'll go back to Joel Rolands, uh, uh, my buddy, Belgium guy, 10-12, third overall in MX2, beating Blake Baggett, beating Dean Wilson. Um, so pretty good job for for uh, Joel Rolands. Uh, um, solid st- solid thing, third overall in MX2. Um, I think that that would be my Jacob Marsak Award. Uh, I, I, I guess... I was I wasn't tempted to say Rattray, but good job for Rattray as well, second overall in his class. Um, but that's that's my guy. No, I'm going to go with uh, Reed winning a moto. I don't think that's talked about enough or remembered well enough. Okay, I think it was like the nail was in the coffin for him outdoors after the Chatapult. Right. Like, yeah, but he did win a moto at the Nations again two months later. I think that's pretty badass. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you, yep, yep you, you're right. And it was cool to see. I'm not going to lie. Again, I said it earlier. It was cool to see him win that moto. It was, it was, it was neat. So, you know, uh, Australia did get on the podium and I think that they were always like screwed. Like they would, I don't know if winning was their goal, but it was just, could we could just get a damn podium? And it felt like something would fall apart yep. for them every year. Yep. So I don't know if this was their first one. Was this maybe a huge deal that they got a podium? It was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for years it would like, everything would fall apart. They had a good team and yeah. it wouldn't work out over yeah. and over and over. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Getting landed on kind of what you were saying uh, earlier, like about the different countries. Right. So, um, yeah, it, yeah. It uh, also I made mention of this with the with the RV. Uh, the after party was really good. Yeah. After party is really good. This this one. Um, Alpine Stars was going off. Jimmy Albertson was there. You know, the Caroli was there. Bobashev was Bobashev was maybe the star uh, of the after party. Um yeah, it was good. Good times in, oh. in France. Yeah, you're not going to remember this, but I remember at one point, maybe it was this event, you sending out a random tweet that just says, "Russian Bob is cool." Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it was. So maybe one. that's what this was. It might have been. It might have been. He was. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude, and he, and like 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 a stereotypical Russian, like he could drink, like no problem. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So is he is he rather large for a motocross race? He's also yes a rather large uh, linebacker. It's like every man. stereotype. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The big Russian who can drink. Yep. Um. So he was he was a star. Albertson was great. Um. Yeah. It was it was a really fun after party. I do, I do remember that. And um, at the Alpine Star thing, like like RV was saying, so it was good times. Did you go to That's Buds? Good. Yeah, I did go to Buds. Did you go to the uh, after party? I didn't even go to Lakewood. I didn't even go to Lakewood. Yes, yes, did do the after party. Oh, that's right. Spectacular. You, you and I were confronting the late Eric Gabors, and he was scared of oh, us. Oh, yes. Yes. He was yes. scared of us. We were yes, we were so stoked to meet Eric Gabors yep. that we were, like, screaming in his face how awesome he was, <laughs> and he was just scared. Because yes. I guarantee you, like, nobody else at that after party, like, cared or knew, and we were like, you're Mr. 875. You're the 875. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah, I'm sure I told him the story that he was catching RJ in one of the motos at Unadilla 87 Donation. 
Titans, and I was so scared, yep. so, so scared. Yep. So I'm sure I told him that. I'm like, I've been living in fear of you for 20 years. You yep. almost caught RJ. Yeah. And, and he's probably like, what the, who the hell are these guys? And I guarantee you I brought up to him that, bro, in 1990, when America was, was by far the dominant country and everything else, you won Glen Helen USGP against O'Mara and Johnson and, and all these guys. Remember? He, he went 3-1 or something <laughs> for the overall. True. That is true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just just came over and won a USGP, beating all the Americans on the track no that they practiced. That. No, no one did that. But Eric Gabors did. And uh, yes, after party, Bud's Creek was great. Fantastic. So. Yeah. All time, all time bad dude. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's still okay. You went to Donations. Okay. You went and they didn't have it last year. You went to 19. Is that after party Alpine Stars thing still a thing? No. Or was it? No. Like, it is. I mean, I'm sure it's still going so, to a degree. But is it when France would win? and they won five years in a row or whatever, they would go back to yeah. their little compound and just rage with techno and chainsaws, right? But but no one was going over there outside of the France people, right? Outside of French people, right? right. So so nothing was really happening. Everybody just kind of packed up and, and went home. Um, and then the other year is like, dude, it's only good when USA wins. I don't know. It's weird. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was... Uh, the it, same Alpine Stars thing. It doesn't... It doesn't Good. happen. No, it just everyone kind of just wow. sits there and mopes, and then you know hangs out, and then we go home and we leave. And and, and France's chainsaws and techno over in their compound. Yeah, I mean that's what I even got at, at Redbud for sure. Uh, I, I mean I don't think Eli Tomac would have been over there raging. Probably either way, probably not. Yeah, his deal. Yeah. Um, but at Redbud, yes, Team USA was not partying and. The French group was, yes, that's right. They were over there by themselves. Uh, the only group I saw that was really going and having a great time, no matter what, was the Netherlands team. They had been robbed of the win because Vlanderen got hit in the, rock, I think in the eye with a rock. Yeah. But their fans were still going off, and I had a lot of fun with them. Yeah, I don't uh, – um, I don't remember what I did after Red Bud. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I might have just been with JT, and he was not in any sort of mood to hang out again. So that might have been it. <laughs> Um, how about though? How about like at Redbud? I called the France winning the moto over the live intercom. Like it was Rocket Rob and this guy from Finish line. England, England, right? And they were the live announcers all weekend, and yep. I was up in the tower and like whatever. And then the England guy went to go interview the guys for the podium, and so Rob Rob's voice was gone, just shot, and he just handed me the mic. And I'm and I'm announcing Pauline. Here comes Pauline. France is going to win it again. Like I'm I'm like thinking to myself, oh my god! Like I'm up announcing this massive race, and for all these, you know, fifty thousand people or however many people were there, it was just a bizarre that I was the one bringing it uh, home because Rob Rob couldn't talk anymore. And, and the same guy that tell could, young Steve Mathis right, the same guy that couldn't get a press pass for Glen Helen one year for the USGP, couldn't got denied. Oh, yeah, that's right, got denied. So yep. There you um, go. Yep. Right. Anyways. Or like good. I said, tell a young Steve Mathis someday you will call the finish line. Right. Announcing. Yep. I will call the last like two, three laps of a motocross the nations in America. Right. Tell him that. He'll he'll he'll, he'll just tell you crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah, all right. All that. Well, good. Yeah, times. you really gotta I don't know. Yeah, I I don't even know if your tales of what the atmosphere is like at the end of these races is accurate. It's all changed. You're with JT now 
and his depression when Team USA loses, it might be clouding your judgment of what that post race. It, it, it could be. It, it could be. I mean, I I'm, he I, takes very hard, harshly, very. And I uh, I go around after the race and I get my post race interviews right. Um, oh, by the way, too, for yep. this race, I went back and read it on RacerX Online. You guys grabbed my post race with interview with RV. And he sa- I asked him if any Europeans impressed him, and he said, "Yeah, that Ken Roxon guy actually passed me on a 250 once." Uh, oh, um, okay. And then he, and then he, and then I said something like, "Ah, oh, is this the most impressive this nation's for you?" And he said, "Yeah, because we were trailing going to the third moto." So he put this one even above the Buds Creek one at that time. So interesting, yeah, to go back and talk to him now. Yeah, yeah. and he kind of backed that up. Yeah. In a way, um, right. In our conversation today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're right. So I do my interviews, and I go back, and then I get back, and JT is just in a foul mood, like a foul mood. He's usually watching NFL Sunday because, uh, you know, the games have already started. Um, you know, by yep. time by the time the races yep. are over, the games have started, and he's just like, let's go. Let's go. Are we going to go? You want to go? Let's go. How much longer? Because uh, there's a press conference. Uh, you know, there's all the – yeah, there's everything, right? So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and JT is notorious for first to arrive, first to leave. Uh, yeah. We were texting yesterday after this year's event, and I'm like, why did they not interview Lapino? And he's like, there was no chance to interview anyone. It was pure pandemonium. And, I'm, and I sent him screenshots. I'm like, what are you talking about? They interviewed the guys. And he's like, oh, I was long gone by then. He was on the broadcast. Yeah, it was awesome the way you were grilling him about the TV coverage. Just, just oh, like, yes. just like I don't purpose. know. I don't know, maybe just like kind of what he does to you for 12 weekends a year? Yes, I was grilling him on the broadcast. But it is hilarious to me that JT, he's on the TV show, but it must be like the moment the checkered flag comes out, he just walks out. Just gone. Yeah, gone. Right. That's JT in every race ever. Yeah. First to get the hell out of there. It is is amazing. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Uh, I'm telling him things that happened on a show he was on. Didn't, he's like, oh, I didn't even know they had that. Yeah. I was long gone. He, he said it was like, impossible for Lupino to get interviewed. Even around to watch the podium. Hey, he said it was impossible to get an interview with Lupino. The next shot you sent, Lupino is standing next to the microphone on the stage, yes. and you were like, "What about now? Could you get? Could you get him now? Maybe." Yes. <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, I was long gone by then. Yeah, Dude, yeah. that was 15 minutes after the moto ended." Yeah. Yeah. Good. He's long gone. Right. Just checked out. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> but I'm. I'm sure he was there at 4.30 a.m., JT style. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, all right, well, uh, that's the Lee at Re-Raceables 2011 MXDN. We thought we would do it um, just in honor of the MXDN that just happened. Uh, thank you to Ryan Villapoto for joining us also. Um, and, yeah, people, this is it. Soak this in. This is the last time USA won. And I cannot believe it's 10 years ago, but as you said off the top, Weech, it's 10 freaking years ago. So, Oh, that's unbelievable. Believable. Hey, I got one more uh, question for you. That'd be the atmosphere being at yeah. this race. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like 2015, 2015, the race was also at this track. And it no. seemed like the crowd no. was. You're, you're wrong. 2015, no? 2015 was Erne. This was St. Jean Angeli. Uh, oh, okay. That's the difference. Yes. Yeah. Erne. Sorry, I confused myself. Yeah. Erne was 05 and 15. Yep. This and, is St. Jean had 2000 and 2011. Uh, 11, right. So what's the atmosphere different? I feel like 2015. That French crowd yeah. was yeah. bonkers, insane, crazy in 15. I do not get that same feeling from this race. Well, uh, you're right. I, I didn't get the same feeling either. And I think it had a little bit to do with the venue. So Ernest packed in this hillside, right? It's a it's a small, gotcha. small acreage with, you know, yep. fans can only go on one side of the track. And it's the opposite of the hillside. And they are crammed in there. And it's. 
it's it was yeah it was crazy in 15 i got videos on my iphone still of me just because i was on the opposite hillside and i was just filming these people and it was just nuts and you're right it is not it was not the same at, in st john but more spread out right bigger track like, like yeah more yeah just not as much of a I, th I think it's more of a venue venue issue than anything else but Erne was amazing you're right that makes sense. That was the closest I've ever seen a motocross race feel like a, a football game, like an away game. I, I would agree. Game. I would agree. It's still yeah. – uh, Majoria was pretty gnarly yep. um, for sure, mm -hmm. but uh, Erne probably takes it for – and all the ones I've been. And I've been to every Nations from 07 until this year, uh, and Erne takes the cake for sure. Yeah. It, it was nuts. Yeah, they're literally reacting to every pass – uh, that's happening on the track, like even more than a darn Supercross, which is in a freaking stadium. I've just never heard anything like yep. that 2015 thing. Oh, okay, so it's got to be the right venue. Yeah, yeah. They, there difference. just wasn't many many spots for the people to go, and so they were all yeah. packed in deep uh, into a small little area um, compared to yep. St. Sean. So, um, yep. all right, man. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to, to uh, Leah. Thanks to Maxis Blenzel for coming on board. Uh, Weege and I uh, love doing these things, and um, thanks for listening. Thanks, Weege. See ya.